Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning to the warmest day of summer, yes. It is of course a rare afternoon record here at JoJo's World Towers. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where we recap and discuss JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the seminal anime by Hirohiko Araki, adapted by David Production. Does Hirohiko Araki have any other works that have been adapted into anime form? I think Bao got an over. Oh. Oh, okay. We need to watch that now. You understand this. Mm. Yeah, right. Gotta do something while we wait for part six. (laughs) Just, we gotta do literally anything at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll watch that, um, we'll find an obscure anime adaption of that one manga he did uh, I think it was Cool Shock BT about a rude boy who liked to play, play pranks and encourage children to catch dangerous wasps. <laughs> well, if there's one thing I would encourage my son to do at primary school, it would be to catch hornets. Great. Yep. Nick, yes. today, on this day, we watched the 147th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in its entirety, which is also the 34th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part 5, Vento Experience. (laughs) I don't think that's what it is, Liam. In any sense or language. Ugon no golden. (laughs) That's not the way that works. Um, Oh boy. It covers chapter 571 through 574, of Hirohiko Araki's seminal manga, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Hey Liam, has Hirohiko Araki had any other manga that would be classified as seminal? Not a hundred percent sure of the dictionary definition of that word. What, seminal yeah. or manga? Both. Oh no. <laughs> Just it feels like you're having a stroke. Give it time. Yeah, that's fair. Hey Liam. Hey Nick. Did you know that we have a seminal patron? Patron? Yeah, we have a seminal patron. We need to stop using that word. What, patron? No. Patron. Moving on. Anyway, we have someone from Patreon who's kindly donated money to us, Liam. Thank you. Do you know who that person is? Anthony Chambers. Wow, Anthony Chambers. Tony Chambers to his friends. (laughs) (laughs) Some people even call him Ancham. Now, of course, we covered last week how I've been playing Devil May Cry recently, so maybe I've still got that on the brain. Uh Uh-huh. But I think Anthony and or Tony Chambers yeah. is a very good like B-movie slash character action protagonist name. Hey, Tony, get the money He's by next week. He's got a revolver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What's, uh, what's his like tick? Because you know in all B-movies they have a tick. Oh, um, he definitely does a lot of Mr. Style um, stylish reloads where he like throws six bullets up into the air and catches them in the chambers of his revolver. Beautiful. Be- oh, chambers. Yeah. Ah, what about, what's the Tony? And he's like, welcome to my chambers, Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> is his number one thing. Well, okay. Is his Tony part that he can sing really well? Nope. He's just named Tony. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Or Anthony to his friends. Ah, gotcha. Are we, are we his friends? Or shall we call him Mr. Tony? We've got what what you might call a parasocial relationship (laughs) with him. Uh Where he consumes our content, which is very personable and sociable. Mm -hmm. But we haven't actually directly interacted with him at all. Or at least I haven't. You may have through Patreon. Nope. Or I may have through Twitter without realising it. Oh no. Thank you, Anthony Chambers. Thank you, Anthony Chambers. Nick. Yes? Can I tell you a secret? 
What kind of secret, Liam? A secret uh-huh. shared with me yeah. by Hirohiko Araki, author of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You absolutely can share this secret with me. He penned this secret in the very first pages of volume 62 of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga, which was where I discovered it. <laughs> is it a secret then, or is it just known content? It's known content, baby. You lied to me, Liam. Well, I guess we'll have to end the podcast. I promised I would never lie to you, and now I did. So, uh, I would like to issue a frank and forthright apology. Thank you. Both to you, Nick, Mm -hmm. as well as to the fans who keep us so cool on these hot summer days. Like, temperature-wise, or like, you know, we're we're cool? We're definitely not cool. Okay, gotcha. Understood. (laughs) In any sense of the word? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Volume 62, by Hirohiko Araki. Historic monuments and relics from the past make us nostalgic, yet these are places that calm our hearts. This is why we must preserve them. I'm convinced of that, because just setting foot in the restaurant the singer Prince went to, brackets, even if it's not good, and brackets, makes me feel a strong emotion. Wait, wait, wait. Question? Is he comparing a historic monument, say, Stonehenge, Taj Mahal, the Colosseum, the Great Wall of China, any of these things, to a restaurant that Prince went to. A restaurant that Prince went to. It's not very good. (laughs) I'm sure Prince went to a lot of restaurants in his time. Sadly, we have lost Prince. Rest in peace. Uh, Rip in peace. Rest in Prince. Rest in Prince Prince, the artist formerly known as Prince. The artist formerly known as Resting in Prince. (laughs) You know that joke in the Animaniacs? Where they're, they're, they're being arrested or something and, uh, and oh, they're solving a crime or something like that. There's and, a lot of those, yeah. The stooge, the stooge of the episode is like, <laughs> fingerprints, duh. And Dot is holding prints and she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> yep. Oh, so good. Classic Animaniacs. Oh, such a good show. Wacko, Yakko and Dot. Truly, some of the greatest songs on the known planet have come from that show. There's the... List some. <laughs> Uh, there's the one that lists all the countries. Yep. There's the one that briefly recaps all of history. There's the one that's about how he's going to paint someone. There's the one that's all the American presidents up to the Clintons. Yep. Uh, there's one about... Hi-ho, do you know the name of the US residents who then became the presidents and got a view from the White House blue on Pennsylvania Avenue? No. Okay. Asked and answered. <laughs> um... God, so many good bits. In contrary, in my hometown, they moved the temples and graveyards to the suburbs for the town's development's sake, making roads and buildings in their place. I find it sad. Huh, that is a bit sad. They moved the temples and the graveyards. Moving graveyards seems that like seems a... seems very morbid. ...arduous undertaking. Do you just move the headstones or do you move the bodies too? Well, you got to respect the corpses. I mean, you can't just move the gravestones, right? You gotta move the tombs. A lot of haunted houses. With the coffins. <laughs> so when they develop that new area with all the bodies still underneath, sometimes they hear a rap a tap tap from underneath the six yeah, feet of that's, dirt. That's the dead dead body rapping. <laughs> what was that noise? Well, I'm a dead body and I'm here to say. Oh no! <laughs> and then centipedes pour out of its mouth. Ah, uh, classic. I'm here to say... <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. I must have had something stuck in my throat. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was my eternal guilt of murdering that young girl. Oh, you know, poetic justice really is harsh. 
Nick. Yes. The Requiem quietly plays. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. What was this episode? Uh, it was a two-parter. Would you describe this episode as freaky? Um, a little. Because, of course, famously, episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure are released on Fridays, often known as JoJo Fridays. Okay. Uh, which would make that this particular episode a particularly freaky Friday. <laughs> Liam, where are you going with this? What I'm saying is the inciting incident of this episode <laughs> is uh, one in which uh, several JoJo's Bizarre Adventure characters all peed in the same fountain at the same time and body swatched. Duh. Are you sure peeing is the right word? There was a Freaky Friday movie or rip-off movie in which two people peed in the same fountain and got body switched. I'm not making that up. Okay, I don't believe... Surely there is... It's not just peeing in the same fountain. It's an element. What? Is it a magic fountain? I don't know, man. What? I mean, if it's just a normal fountain... It was the fountain of youth. They ruined it, okay? Is that what you want to hear? Yes, that is what I want to hear. They couldn't have just thrown coins in. They had to pee in the fountain of youth. Nick? Yes. What'd you think of this one? I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. Not the greatest ep... But by far not the worst. It's setting some stuff up. It's providing some exposition. It's got body swapping. It's got such hilarious body swap (sighs) antics. The likes of which have never been seen in media before. A boy and a girl swapped bodies? How will they deal with that? Through normal conversation. Mm -hmm. And through... The application of logic and hard reasoning. A slightly younger boy and a slightly older boy swapped bodies. Whoa! Okay, now hold the fuck up there. A man saved his own life condemning an innocent turtle to hell in the process. (laughs) Whatever happened to that turtle? Did he die? We'll get to that. Oh no. Oh no. What about... But what if... What if Coco Jumbo's gone now? What? This never even occurred to me. What if Coco Jumbo's gone? He was the best of us, Liam! We open where we left off last time. Polareff has a big hand sticking through his chest. It was very abrupt. And Diavolo is like, yep, killed Polareff. Who's that behind me? It's some cool looking guy. He's so shadowy and mysterious. He walked in with death reeking off his shadow. His name? Dunno yet, but we're gonna find (laughs) out later. What's that mark on your neck? Why, it looks like the arrow. Who are you? I'm asking you. You're walking down the stairs. What? How did I drop the... How did he drop the arrow? It's not a labyrinth. I was falling asleep, right? The first thing that happens when I'm falling asleep is that I let go of whatever I'm holding. It's the first thing that happens when I go to sleep. Certainly I don't browse my phone as I'm waking up every morning and doze off, still find myself holding the phone in the exact same position. (laughs) Just being like... Oh, look, there's something on the Something Awful forums. And then you wake up. Literally. Oh, look, it's updated. Literally, yes. (laughs) Oh, this pleases me that I know you so well. (laughs) So Davo's like, wait, stop. Who art thou? Falling asleep. And then Hamlet's dad shows up. Oh, he's like, why am I sitting down? Why am I doing this? (laughs) Why am I alive? And then just, asleep. He was on top of the wall where chariot melted. I don't know if he was. Neither do I, but I'm willing to believe he was, just yep, yep. for consistency's sake. Meanwhile, Jono is like, something's wrong. Bruno is on the ground over there. Oh, and so are all of you. <laughs> well, so am I. Down I go. Bye. 
Uh, and then I like this shot. Uh, it's like a wide shot of the Colosseum, uh, the skyline, and we just hear um, what we know to be Silver Chariot Requiem's uh, echoing footsteps just uh-huh. clomp, clomp, clomp. Nice. And we do the opening. At this point, you turned to me out loud and said, That's a wrap on Polnareff. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, if he gets cacuined. Very can't... few people have successfully come back from that. Yeah. Koichi. Um. Probably Bruno at some point in this story. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I suppose Bruno didn't come back necessarily. No, he's very much still dead. Yep, but he has been running around. Uh, Doppio. Doppio? Yeah. Did he get cacuine? Uh, well, by? Bruno zipped his way around it. It counts though. He punched uh, through him. Okay, alright. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so one person's technically survived a cacuining. And Koichi. No, that's what I'm saying. Koichi oh. has survived. Bruno, the others were technicalities. Bruno, I would say, has technically survived. Okay, all right. Okay, I wouldn't because he's definitely dead. But he's still but up he's in still, the mix. He's still alive thanks to Jono Giovanna's weird Jedi bullshit. <laughs> we'll get back to his weird Jedi bullshit in a sec. But Nick, the opening this episode. Yes, it's different. Shenanigans have have occurred. So. Everything's the same, except... So things start to get different around the point where we would see Doppio getting tormented in his visions by Risotto Nero. Right in the... That bit. Sure. We all know that bit. Everyone listening is like, oh yeah, I love that bit. Everyone, it's the climactic crescendo of the song. It's deadly serious. It's number one good time, Liam. So what happens? So, Doppio's there. Doppio's there, all like, oh no, my face. We get a glimpse of King Crimson. Yep. And then there's like little stammers. There's like line art. Yeah. And then he turns into Diavolo. Yep, he's up in the mix. He's just... And he's all like, I'm taking over this now. And then, when before the blood was dripping... And, and we turned skipped. into more blood. Now the ground erupts. Yep. So <laughs> King Crimson activates. Space falls away in the way we've seen it happen before. And then like a operatic singing voice is just in the background going like, oh. It's a goodbye rock song. We classical now, baby. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, and then... Um, There's like four lines of some yes, weird I, I, poem? So Diavolo is talking. Yep. He just interrupted the good rock song to be like, this seems like a good time to give a moody monologue. He's. This is literally like V from Devil May Cry 5. Yeah, yeah, he's reading his poetry. He's reading, only the dead can live where one lives to die. So he said, we do see him also while he's talking have like in hair visions of what Juno is about to do when everything resumes proper. Uh, and as he's talking, he's like, no one can escape the fate that was chosen for them. All that remains the end where you will perish. Eternal greatness exists only in myself. Sing a song of sorrow where time has vanished. Sing, Sing a, a song, song of, of sixpence. <laughs> It sounds like a really happy, upbeat song. Sing a song of sorrow where time vanishes. Sing no, a song it of doesn't, sorrow, Nick. Time vanishes. I don't know, it's something to do with fate, right? And you can be like, you can't change fate. You can't change fate. Fate is never good. What are you talking... Well, yeah, okay, that's fair. The anime's not very good. What <laughs> is it? Anime Industry Roasts from Nick Ballantyne. Okay, I don't like fate. It's, it's weird. Stay night. Uh, Stay slash night. I don't know. Grand slash There's order. There's like eight of them now and I don't like Apocrypha. them. Apocrypha. Uh, I don't like that 
anime about the food wars because the I one tried, called food wars i tried getting into it and i got bored because i was like you know i'm not that fascinated by food or orgasmic reactions to food two uh i don't like the way that anime workers are overworked three uh i don't like how studio ghibli was all like oh yeah let's get hit by an earthquake and then that no one helped them was that Studio Ghibli or was that something else? There was one anime studio where no one helped them because they were like, we're going to get hit by an earthquake or something. And then everyone was like, help them. And then no one helped them. Nick, I'm going to level. I have no idea what you're talking about. It was about. like some anime studio that was hit by an earthquake and everyone was like, well, that's a fucking shame for you, isn't it? And they were like, does anyone want to help? And no one helped them. Four. Um, fucking Hirohika Araki, stop forgetting plot points. I don't think he's ever done that. What about... um? Shit. <laughs> it's a flawless anime. I can't do it. The, anime's, the anime has been saved by one man. Hirohiko Araki. And that's five. Yep. Tune in next time for Nick's top five Why Anime Betrayed Me. Oh. Yeah. Top five anime, anime betrayals of me personally. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Why don't I you, own you said all of next it? next time. Sorry, this is just a teaser trailer. <laughs> And you're giving away number one? That's true. Wait, number two, what is it? I'm not saying this week. The opening ends. <laughs> this is going to be one of those episodes. It's getting really hot already. Yeah, we're going to be like... We're treated to a, a delightful, uh, not montage, but a series of shots. A uh, Perignon Blanc. No. No? Okay, a, <laughs> a Perignon montage. Don't understand what this bit is. I'm trying to combine wine, like the fine art that JoJo's is, with anything else. So Nick, you should make your new manga where all the characters are named after wine types. Oh, we have Cabernet. Is that a wine type? We don't need to list oh, wine types. Damn it. We just don't need to. People know or they don't. Uh. Um... It's so warm. I know. That's why That's why I'm putting the kibosh on that bit. It's like, we need to get through it. Yeah. Uh, there is a, uh, a man who was body swapped with his dog. Not yet. Oh, sorry. There is a snoozing dog, snoozing police officers with a criminal in the back seat. Snoozing woman with a kid? Yep. Yep. Snoozing birdos. Snoozing oh, birdos. That's right. Birdos there. <laughs> and he, she's like, this is as far as you go. And then she shoots eggs out of her mouth. Oh, God. How terrifying. Birdo, baby. Ooh. The pink dinosaur from Mario. I know, terrifying. Could you imagine that in the street? This is as far as you go, punk. It's like, yeah. Have you heard that Olaf from Frozen is like five and a half feet tall? Five and a half That's what feet? It pops up when, or like four and a half feet. That's what it pops up when you Google it. Which <laughs> implies that like Anna and Elsa must be like ten feet tall. <laughs> wow. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um... There's also a shot I really like of just like, uh, there's there's two things. There's a there's a car, I think it's that same police car, mm. just slowly crashing into a barrier as it like slowly skids Comes to, to a, a halt. halt. Uh, and there's also an upturned bicycle wheel slowly spinning down. Ooh. That's one of your classic like art film shots. <laughs> Where you're like, that means something bad's happened. Yeah, that means a kid just hurt themselves and it was traumatic. Society isn't working as intended. And then, light. A flower blooms in in time lapse. It's a rose. Mm -hmm. A bee comes out and flies over Nijorno's head. <gasps> My god. Light rainfall begins. Jono awakens. Or does he? He, quote unquote, Jono, 
is... Did I fall asleep? And then Trish is there. And Trish is like, what happened? It's dawn. We've been asleep for a few hours. Oh my god, my hands are covered in blood, says jo says Jorno. With finger quotations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trish immediately goes, what? What's wrong with you? Are you hurt, Jorno? And then I like... The interest, there's an interesting thing here, and I like it a lot, mm -hmm. um, but th and there's an element of it that's quite quite confusing to me. Uh -huh. So, in the shots of Trish, quote-unquote, waking up, yep. we see quite prominently that Mr's revolver is on the ground right next to her. Yeah. Mr himself, his body is some distance away. Yeah. So, my question is, uh -huh. when the body swap shenanigans happen, uh -huh. do the souls get moved or the bodies... <laughs> Um, to that I would say Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, but Bruno's body was where it was left. So it must be the souls. And the gun. <laughs> and the gun is Mr. Soul. Oh. He's so intertwined with it that it came with him. So Trish is of course Mr. Uh, mm -hmm. And he does, yeah let's go with he, mm -hmm. um, does something really cool right now because we still don't 100% realise it's Trish. Like, we're yeah. starting to put together something odd is happening because he's being like, what's wrong, Jorno? And then Naranja in Jorno's body is just standing around like, huh? Uh, anyway, so Trish, like, flicks her foot and, like, runs, picks down, uh, bends down, picks up the turtle. At that point, the gun flies back down into the air into her upturned hand and, like, she just, like, some combat roll, take cover, gears of warship. It's all like, quick, get behind this wall. You're totally exposed out in the open, Jorno. And Jorno's all like, hey, yeah, you're right. Is Jorno hurt? I can't see Jorno anywhere. And Trish is like, what are you talking about? What you're saying makes no sense. You're Jorno. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck? Nothing you are saying is making sense. I love the bit where, um, where Mr. as Trish is like saying, like getting right up into Narantia as Jorno's face being like, are you okay, Jorno? You're covered in blood. And then... Uh, Narantia stands up and aimlessly looks around like, I don't see Jorno anywhere. Where is this Jorno you speak <laughs> of? Then at that point, um, Mr. goes to do something, which I guess he casually does all the time, which is stick his gun in his, like, uh, waist. Um, Pantaloon area. Yeah, in the, yep. um, what's the word? The, like, the um, belt. Belt loop area. The crotch. Stick his gun down his pants. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There um, you go, you got there in the end. And something feels wrong. And he looks down and he notices that he's got Trisha's body. Something's missing. Oh. So he freaks out first because he has breasts and then he realises he has no dick. Yep. As you would if you were in someone else's body. Yeah, it would be quite a disorienting experience. Mm. Mm. So he's being a big baby about that. The ultimate bab. <laughs> so Narantia is talking about... I, don't, I, don't, I still don't really understand the thing with the blood, to be honest. So, I mean, neither do I. Narantia surmises that it's from the mold wounds not being fully closed. Because Narantia originally was attacked by the mold. Yeah. And we see when we find Jorno in Narantia's body, like, he's mm -hmm. still got big mold wounds. Yeah. But then why are Jorno's hands covered in blood? What do you mean? What? Why are Narantia and Jorno's body's hands covered in blood? I thought I explained this before with the gun. Jojo's ah. Bizarre Adventure. Narantia's soul is his blood because of his hot-blooded nature. Exactly. It could also just be that, like, maybe Jorno When he fell over, he grazed his hands. Maybe? I guess? And then he free-bled for, like, six hours while he slept. <laughs> he was fine, though. He was absolutely cool. 
Just some leeches came along, closed those wounds yeah, right yeah, up. Yeah. Oh, man. Trish and Mr's body wakes up and is like, what happened? Did I fall asleep? Uh, and then I have a note here, which is game recognized game, as Trish and Mr look at each other and start pointing and screaming. There's like a lightning bolt behind them as yeah. they're like, oh my uh, god. And then um, Jorno in Narantia's body wakes up in the turtle and um, is like, what the Looking fuck? down into the turtle is Jorno's body, and they're basically just like, huh. That's odd. And meanwhile, those other two are like, <laughs> I guess this means that we're in each other's bodies. Yep. Trish has a big meltdown about being stuck in Mr.'s body, not Mr. Uh, Why did it have to be Mr.? He stinks. His armpits, his fingers. Everything smells like arm. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Just that sweaty, rotund, disgusting scent. Well, he's not rotund. No, but he's very scent. fit. Yeah, but his scent is rotund. Speak on that. It's like a well-rounded scent. It's got full body. Full body. It's pungent. It's strong. But unfortunately, not very appealing. <laughs> Much like most rotund things. So now we know it's canon. Mr. Smells. <laughs> he stinks. Everyone hates it. <laughs> Whenever Mr. isn't around, everyone else should be saying, we should get Mr. some deodorant. <laughs> Hey, what? Do you guys notice a weird smell? Oh no, Mister's just gone. Oh, oh, I can smell the fresh air because Mister isn't see, here. See, I see. Is that what pollen smells like? Mm. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, another good moment. So they're, first, they're speculating about like, is this the boss's stand? No, that's ridiculous. But mm. maybe it's a member of his inner circle, but we're not being attacked. So this is very odd. Mm. Then Narantia cuts through the exposition to be like. Hey, Jorno, I'm still older than you, right? Don't forget that. <laughs> How old is Narenshi meant to be? I don't know, he's like 18 or something. 17, 18. God damn it. Jorno is, of course, 15. 15, yeah. Man, that's so weird, because he's smaller and looks younger. <laughs> yes. And Jorno is so wise and mature, and he has such vision. Yeah. It's almost like he's the protagonist. <laughs> but Nick, you were saying that about Bruno Bucciarati last week. You can have multiple protagonists oh. in a story. Unless it's a red herring. Ooh. Um, Trish gets angry at Mister for touching her crotch. Uh, He's like, what are you doing? He's just irritated uh, by her wearing like uh, pantyhose and a push-up bra. It's very uncomfortable. Mm. Mister gets a crash course in the the pressures women are expected to Mm. face to make themselves look presentable. Even remotely acceptable Mm -hmm. to society's Mm -hmm. unacceptable standards. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. So Bujarati's still asleep though. Has he been body swapped? Is it the boss? Should I shoot him in the head right now? <laughs> it's like that decision you have to make when you look at a dying dog and you go, Yep, okay, I don't want to hear what this is just yet. I do want to just put a pin in the fact that okay, yeah. Nick is about to make an analogy about the, the common and very understandable mm. decision that you have to make when you look at a dying dog. <laughs> and you think to yourself, is it the boss? Did he body swap with the dog? Should I shoot? Is this a shaggy dog situation? Exactly. Exactly that situation. Now, I know often uncaring businessmen get turned into dogs to learn to reconnect to their families. Yep. Is there a movie at all where it's a crime boss? I think so. I think yes. I think there is one that is that premise. Um, But he's stuck in the baby's body and his parents are like... And it's called like in the doghouse or something. Wait, did you say he's stuck in his baby's body? I think so. I think he's meant to be in a baby. Look who's baby now. (laughs) 
Why? Why are all those names? Look so who's badly? you talking to me now? Look who needs to be fed a little hard lesson in life. What? You like, can't feed babies hard food, Nick. <laughs> you know, you are completely correct. I was, I was thinking about a bullet to the head, but you know what? You can't feed babies. Oh, you babies. can shoot babies in the head. Oh, okay, That's cool. Fine. Okay, cool. Well, that, yeah. We'll make it, like, really explicit on the poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be shocking. Critics will call it unnecessary, flagrant, and gratuitous. No one should have made this, raved the New York Times. <laughs> Five stars! <laughs> Thank God Ryan Johnson's handiwork came back with a force. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. The final twist really took me away. So Knives Out is great. Now I hear you saying this, but I don't know if it would be because I've seen Looper and I've seen The Last Jedi and both of them left me going, okay. Well, The Last Jedi was great, obviously. I Probably could have finished after the space battle, but other than that, it's flawless. I just have so many feelings about Last Jedi. Yeah, apparently a lot of people do. People are still arguing about it on Twitter far too much. (laughs) You know what we can all agree on, though? Star Wars is great. What we can all agree on is that Star Wars fans don't really like Star Wars very much. (laughs) No, they love Star Wars. That's why they don't like The Last Jedi. But they also don't like any of the prequel movies and they also don't like The Force Awakens and they also don't like Solo and some of them also don't like Return of the Jedi. Yes. So when you have a group of people who I self-identify as Star Wars fans, and there's, and I know I'm I'm painting with a broad brush here, but I uh-huh. think there is a not inconsiderate amount of people who of like the eight Star Wars movies made, or eight or nine or, or ten, I think of the ten Star Wars movies made, don't like eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should re- question your investment in this franchise. But maybe they're all different things. Maybe they all have different chakra, all different Hang souls on. of media intent. You know. They're all... I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, the first three are like a fun little romp space opera, right? The the prequels are like a weird, politically charged, could have been fucking genius. Why did you add in... Ah, <clears throat> um, uh, fucking genius. <laughs> uh, I see. I see where this is going now. The new ones Nick, are you like... don't want to open that box with me. I know, but... It, I mean, we have multiple times. <laughs> And that's why I know you don't want to open it again. Because you said as much, like, last week. I don't want to open Palpatine's box. Palpatine's special box. It contains his heart. His golden, beautiful, senate heart. (laughs) So anyway, Jono's all like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, I think at this point, Trish is like, hey, I can sense that the boss isn't in Bruno. So, like, we don't need to shoot him. Oh. Oh, okay. So he's still the protagonist. Yeah. Narantia, bring out Aerosmith and scout the area. And Aerosmith. And he's glowing with like red aura energy. Narantia energy. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's my new energy drink. He's got that B-N-E. Yeah. He's got that, uh, that. Whereas, of course, right now, Mr. is grappling with that no D-E. N-D-E. N-D-E. Um, so yeah, Narantia's all like, Aerosmith. Aerosmith go. Aerosmith activate. It's like that bit in... Spider-Man. Yes, that bit in Spider-Man. Yeah, I knew but exactly also, what you were referencing. I was half referencing that, but I think I was also referencing that bit in Inspector Gadget. Oh. Where he's like, do I really have to say go, go, Gadget? Can't I say, like, in the name of justice? Uh, no. No, it is more like that bit in Spider-Man. Yeah, where he's doing the, the hand gestures. The devil hands. And he's just like, how do I make it go now? Up, up and away, web. Go, go, web. 
It's ma- not even a verbal thing. What do you mean? What the Spider-Man webs? Yeah, but maybe it is. He doesn't know yet. True. He is going through puberty. It's a confusing yeah. time. Yeah. Many of us always shoot web. Toby McGuire got so ripped for that movie. Did he get ripped? He got so ripped. Or would that you was say... like his genuine rippedness. He was all torn oh. up. I thought he got like Bulked, mildly ripped. Shredded. Now hang on, hang on. Like disturbingly so. He wasn't shredded. He was only shirtless in like one scene though, so hopefully he could go back to relatively normal after that. I will concede he was ripped, but I would not say he was shredded. Well, you clearly haven't seen that movie recently enough because he is cut. <laughs> he okay. is like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure protagonist. Oh, okay. Are we talking about the first one? Just the yeah, first yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he gets goes through spider puberty and gets... Really? Yeah. I don't remember being that big though I always remember he's not like lean big big but he is I remember he had like an eight pack yep but I don't like Kylo Ren (laughs) I don't remember him being shredded because shredded is just like like Arnold Schwarzenegger tank god your muscles are like oh dear god I I pulled up an image and he is yoked he Jesus Christ I take back everything that man is a tank he is or was he was fucking ripped as fuck. Jeez, yeah, right, shredded. Like Absolutely a, like shredded. Like a Jojo. Like a Jojo. Like a Jojo. Shredded ripped for f- the very first time. <laughs> can we do a cover of that no. song? No. Oh, can I do a cover of that I song? I won't stop you. Ladies and gentlemen, this Start is my life's Start your work. engines. This is my life's work. Aerosmith won't come out, though. Aerosmith go-go. Aerosmith make-go. Go-Go Gadget Aerosmith. What if the body swapping means I can't make it go-go? And there's a bit where we're all wondering if their stands have been swapped too. Uh, and then, who? I think Trish slash Mr. He's like, no, look over there. Oh, look, there's a big hole in the wall. Yeah, because it turns out Aerosmith came out so hard and fast that it just smashed through a bit of the Colosseum and then was flying around faster than you could see. They are hype- the fuck up. And Mr. is like, now. wow, let me try too. Shoots his bullet. Fires one bullet, smashes up several legitimately precious antique iron rails. <laughs> this is a, I'm this sure. Is in the Coliseum. Whatever the Italian equivalent of heritage listing, I'm sure this is that because it's the Colosseum. I mean, it's not that important these days. Shoots up six iron rails with one bullet and is like, wow. For some reason, even the bullet is stronger, even though that's not part of my stand. Huh. I guess I'm pepped right the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Are we all supercharged? And then the Colosseum caretaker is like, my rails, my, my precious, precious antique rails. Ra- my precious antique rails. What you doing, eh? Hey, get out of here, you crazy kids. Also, I'm in the body of like a mop or something right now. A mop? Yeah, he was fe- he fell asleep next to his mop, so he got body swapped <laughs> with it. Eh, hey, I can only move around thanks to my bucket. Yeah. He's, he's not sentient, but my mop is. <laughs> it's just his body, meanwhile, is like <sighs> on the floor, just trying to lick up all that dirt. Ooh. <laughs> Because mops crave dirt. <laughs> they crave that sweet Colosseum dirt. So and now that we've got Aerosmith in the sky, we get a sort of wider view, sort of returning to all those people we saw before. Mm-hmm. Um, dog, the, dog man is on the ground like a dog. And like, like woof, woof. And the dog nearby is also like shocked. Yeah. Absolutely appalled. Now, from context clues later on, we, we can only assume that this dog can talk now. Because the turtle yes, can talk later. You are correct. Though we don't see it talking now. 
But we could. But Dog is like, this is indeed a disturbing universe. (laughs) (laughs) The police officer wakes up in the back... No, the criminal wakes up in the back seat of the car and there's the handcuffs on him. He's like, what? And How did this happen? Then in the front seat, one of the police officers are like, oh man, I had a dream that I was being a huge rapist. It was great. And then the other police officer wakes up and is all like, tweet, 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 hoot, tweet, tweet. And the birds are like, stop <laughs> resisting. I cannot contain my form. Oh my God. Yeah. Possibly the most disturbing one. Though, Very is, disturbing. Is the one where the mother is lying on her back screaming, screaming and... Uh, the child, the child looks The on. baby body mother looks on helplessly with her fragile's baby baby's body. Of course, being a mother, she intellectually knows that if she like so much as holds her head in the wrong way, she could die now. So <laughs> it's a bad time. The latest in a couple of disturbing baby things we've had in part five. Go of course, on. there was the baby that was aged up super old by uh by, by the, the Grateful Dead. Dead. Yes, yes, Grateful Dead, yeah. Um that's probably the only ones. Of course, okay. there was the baby stand. The baby stand. Which um, sexually assaulted a woman with a laptop to make an evil baby. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. But that wasn't a baby. And then, of that course, just weird. stretching back to part four, there was the invisible baby. Yep. Stretching back to part three, there was the evil Freddy Krueger baby. We never learned anything about that invisible baby at all, did nope, we? No, nope. Shizka. And then, of course, stretching back to part one, there is the baby whose mother ate it after turning into a goblin. Ah, classic. That's five babies in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that I can remember. How many dead dogs are we up to We're now? not going to do the recount. Nothing oh. new has, in- has happened. Oh, no more dead dogs. That's it. That's a wrap on dead dogs. So far. Unless these dogs die. Ooh. Ooh, no. What if these dogs die? How many dogs died due to the mould? Inconclusive. Ooh. It's like 11 and a half and inconclusive number of green mold dogs. Yeah, yeah. Probably a fair few. Dogs love to go down. They love going down. Collecting sticks in the park. I'm glad you didn't take that somewhere dirty. I was afraid you would after I said it. Well, yeah, the park. Dirt. Grass. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jorno is like using the force to sense souls. Oh, yeah, he's like... Using his Jedi powers to sense whether the boss is in Bruno's body. And this is the point where she's just like, nah, it's not him. Uh, they're all like, I can't sense anyone else nearby. But there's something weird going on over that direction. Yeah, because we see the turtle climbing a plinth. And he's all Somehow like, climbing a vertical wall, like ten times the size of it. And he's all like, oh, this form, it keeps me bound to the chains of this fate. form. So secure, so homely, and yet so immobile. Why, it would take a miracle for me to beat a hare in a foot race now. Jono looks around the corner and is like, what the fuck? Was that tortoise talking or something? So Coco Jumbo is there. And he's all like, you there. You boy, what day is it? Why, it's Christmas Day. It's Freaky Friday. My God. Then there's still time. There's still time. Quickly. Are you in the same fountain as me? Tell me, where's Giorno Giovanna? Why, I'm Giorno, but you're Narantia. Run down to the baker's and snatch the arrow back from Silver Chariot Requiem. But, but sir, I don't know what that is. God damn it, boy, aren't you listening? Who, who are you? Strange tortoise. So what man. he actually says is yeah. he, he's like, it hurts because I guess being a turtle's body sucks. Yeah. Um, and he has to climb a big, big thing with a big house on his back. And I imagine, uh, not, not that I am at all biased by recently playing Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain, but it could have something to do with just being cacuined and put into another person's body. He's feeling some Phantom, Phantom Pain. pain. 
Because Cypher planted those memories into him. That's all I got. That's literally all okay. I got. So once you finish this game, we can finally do a Metal Gear Solid 5 Patreon episode. Oh, God. Can you imagine how long that would be? Like an hour. Yeah. That's the time limit we generally set. <laughs> um, Listen so... to me, Narantia. No. Are you Giorno Giovanna? And then so Gior- Giorno leaps into the air with gold experience and snatches that key out and is ready to fight. And he's like, oh no, I'm not in the turtle, driving it from inside in the secret turtle cockpit we never knew existed. I am the turtle. My God, he's ascended. My to- name is Jean-Pierre Ponereff and I am a turtle. Tortoise, really. Yeah, but really a who's, tortoise. But- who's splitting hairs? Not me, I'm a turtle. I don't have any. <laughs> I have a shell. Do your worst to me. I'll just recede inwards. I was Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Who's Jean-Pierre Polnareff, you ask? That's right. The man who arranged to meet you here. But I could not because Diavolo outdid me. And now I cannot give you the arrow that I wanted to give you. Quick ad break as we cut to a helpful body swap graph. So Mist is in Trish's body. Trish is in Narantia uh, and Giorno. Giorno and Bruno and question mark. Polaref and Turtle. And Turtle and... From Entourage. (laughs) From Entourage. Turtle from Entourage. Who's Turtle from Entourage? I don't know, he's one of the characters from Entourage. I don't watch that show, his name's Turtle. Is he an arsehole? Probably, he's in Entourage. Nice. That's a good 2005 reference. Silver Chariot took hold of the arrow, and I desperately cling to this turtle body, despite my body being upstairs. That's right, I casually caused the death of the turtle who helped you get here. (gasps) You monster! Like, the show never really addresses that the turtle just died. Coco Jumbo. Well, no, because Polnareff's body died that Coco Jumbo was in. Yeah. But Coco Jumbo's real body, the turtle, the most important But Coco Jumbo's soul, if indeed animals have souls, which Iggy taught us they do. They do. And who would know better than Polnareff? Is dead. Yeah. Um, So rest in peace, Coco Jumbo. That's a wrap on Coco Jumbo? Rest in president. Wow. Mr. President, that is. Wow. I guess the key no longer works. Because that was his stamp out, wasn't it? That would make sense, though I won't be surprised if it still works. Oh dear! Though I don't think it comes up. Okay. Well, Coco Jumbo's just dead then. Coco Jumbo! Nick, what were your top five Coco Jumbo moments? Number one, that time he wriggled on the ground to get onto the train. That time they put this key in his back, number two. Number three is the time when he cunningly escaped detection by going to the front of the train underneath the chair. Number four, that time that Narantia threw him to stop the mole from killing him. Oh god, number five... That time when they were just chilling out at that restaurant and he was nowhere to be seen. That time that he hadn't been introduced into the show yet? Oh, do you remember? No, he'd been introduced to that point. Oh, you mean that other restaurant? Yeah, the ah. one where they beat down the guy they thought yes, was Stan yes. but wasn't. I'm with you now, that restaurant. Oh, what a good time. What a good tortoise. What a beautiful man. Mr. President, Coco Jumbo. He taught us the best of things. He taught us only the good things in life. If you see a tortoise... Don't be a war ass. Be a good guy, Mr. President. I'm not going to touch war ass. Um, <laughs> so, Polnareff is like, yes, this strange phenomenon, this freaky series of events on this Friday is part of the hidden wisdom that wisdom. I was going to be giving you. Wisdom. But, you know, things got messy, so I had to do what I had to do. Hatch one desperate gambit to avoid death as I was even then dying. And so... I did. He did. And now now he's in a turtle's body. 
uh, Narantia jumps up there and is like, oh yeah, dead body up here. Only one body? Why, then where's Diavolo? I definitely stopped him, mm-hmm. and yet he's gone. Where is he? So can do a chariot return us to normal then if you're doing this? <laughs> no. no. God, no. I've lost control of my life. <laughs> the other four are like, you've what? You, but you're a turtle. <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> We've all been inside you. <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> The arrow is not your enemy or your friend, but as I'm about to explain, it is hope. And isn't that our friend? Don't be foolish, child. I learnt this hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom. From a trivial coincidence that occurred two years ago. It's a funny story, actually. You see, back when Diavola almost killed me, you don't know about this, but I explained it last week. Ah, Uh, of course. A trivial thing happened as I was recovering in a small farming village as so many JRPG protagonists do after falling off of bridges. I have a quick question, sir. How'd you get back up the cliff? Don't think about it. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. You see, I was being nursed back to health in some house and the arrow that I still had, somehow, (laughs) fell behind some furniture. And I was like, oh, I thought about just leaving it there because there's no safer place than behind some furniture. But I figured oh, I better pick it up. Mm, I definitely wouldn't have picked it up myself because there's no better place not to look than behind some furniture. Who does? Not me. Do you? Sure. But I'm inquisitive by nature. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. So naturally, I decided to put my arm behind. My stand arm. Because I was in a wheelchair, so it was hard to reach with my flesh arm. It's an arduous exercise. So I reached behind the silver chariot. chariot pricks itself and like big gold light emanates from it. <laughs> That's the light from the intro. Oh. That's the, get it now. Do you get it now? Hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. <laughs> oh, man. And in that moment, birds fell from the sky and cows lay down and people fell asleep in the streets. What Uh, happened to you, sir? Nothing. That's a bit weird, don't you think? So I took it back from my stand because I thought it seemed cooked. That does seem to make a lot of sense. (laughs) And then it went back to normal. Why, if someone with the power to control their stand, not like me now that I've lost my legs, uh, Mm. could, could use the arrow, they could control the minds of all living people, probably. I... Yes? So I waited for someone like you with a noble heart searching for Diavolo's identity. You waited nine years? Yep. Did did no one... I think it was two years. Oh. Did no one come in in between the last two years? Well, of course, famously the Hitman team was searching for the boss's identity. Yeah, but they were never contacted. Also, they were bad, bad people. Well, I mean, some of them were good, but they were just... I mean, evil. Who were who your favourite Hitman team members in terms of morality? Uh, Risotto Nero, mm-hmm. because he knew what the fuck he was about to begin with. Yeah. Um, Giaccio. Oh, of course, Pesci was a soft hearted uh, Pesci. child mind. True, Pesci. However, easily manipulated. Mm. Mm. Uh, Giaccio knew what he was about as well. Anger problems, though. Anger problems. Many anger problems. Uh, the two lads. Which two lads? The... The ones who died, Gelato and Sorbe. Yeah. Fish and... Um, other... Oh, they weren't part of the Hitman team. Weren't they? The Hitman oh. team. They okay. were part of the boss's elite guard. Oh. The boss's elite guard. <laughs> so then, wait, who are the two guys then? Prostrudo and Pesci. 
That would make sense, wouldn't and it? And Gelato and Sorbet, who died off screen. Oh. See, they seem more moral because I never got to see them commit ah. atrocious acts. <laughs> Felt like their suffering outweighed their negative impact. Yes, yes. Mm. Availability heuristics. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So, uh, Polnareff is like, so what you've got to do now is kill my stand and take the arrow back. But wouldn't your stand die if we kill it? Yeah, but it'll die anyway. Whatever, I'm dying. I'm Polnareff. Oh. I'm a turtle now. Well. Also, okay. are you Trish? Yes, I I am Trish. Great, I've got something to tell you. The boss is two people. What? There was a kid. Uh-huh. So this is interesting because, quite rightly, Polnareff is surmising that even though he saw uh, Doppio walk behind a pillar and Diavolo come out the other side, because of the very nature of King Crimson's power, yeah. it doesn't necessarily imply that they're the same person sharing one body. Yeah. Because... He could have pulled some stupid bullshit where Doppio walked behind a pillar, time skipped, and then they did like the old switcheroo. The old Dio have fun with Polnareff trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, wait, 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 wait. Now you run down the stairs, I'll come up the stairs, yeah. and this will be hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, so he's all like, Diavolo is a guy. It's two there's, guys. There's also some kid. Yeah. Some weird pinkhead freak who he tricked me into thinking he was innocent. But he twasn't. Twas not the case. I was asking him, boy, what day is it? Go get me a turkey. And he helped Diavolo kill me. <laughs> Turns out he was the bad guy it's all as if, along. It's as if Scrooge was asking that boy to go get a big goose to take to Tiny Tim's house. And instead the boy approached Scrooge. Uh -huh. And then the ghost of Christmas yet to come came out of the kid and stuck its hand through Scrooge's chest. Classic. Good old... He McScrooged him. Merry Crimbo, JoJo's World listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's all like, there's two of them. One's Doppio, one's Diavolo. Mm -hmm. He's a kid. He's a squid now. Uh, yeah. Where is he, by the way? Don't know. Cool. Where is he? <laughs> um, where is he indeed? Because Narantia is now uh, determining that someone, someone who we very clearly see as Diavolo's body, mm -hmm. is running... Full pelt into the Colosseum from outside the Colosseum. <gasps> How did it get outside the Colosseum after passing out at the top of that staircase? Who no knows? knows? Actually, I know. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, so they're running in they're all like, Diavolo, get ready to shoot him, everyone. They do like SWAT hand signals and all take cover. Uh, I was asking before, what were those hand signals? And I don't know. Went, what? Why? Why do we need to know this? I... I don't know. But what do they mean? Everybody take cover. <laughs> uh, and then they're all going to shoot him. But then Polnareff is like, no, look, there is my stand. Silver Chariot Requiem. Ah, I get it. Nick, this is what Hirohiko Araki <gasps> had to say about Silver Chariot Requiem, Requiem in the Jojo Vele commentaries by Hirohiko Araki. Da -da 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 -da. What's that? <laughs> That's a Metal Gear Solid Five alarm sound when you're like, Walking through place and there's this da -da 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 -da. basket down. That's an enemy gunship. A single round from its gun can cut a man in half. <laughs> Soviet soldiers. <laughs> the enemy sniper. <sighs> I guess you could take her out, but it'd be a shame to kill her. No, outrageous. Boss, you've got to kill her. She's working for Cypher. No, don't do it, boss. 
She could have intelligent information. Anyway, that's Metal Gear Solid Five in the nutshell. It really nutshell. is. Every time you meet someone, Miller is like, "We have to kill them," and Ocelot is like, "No, we could use them." Now, as an and American, and Boss doesn't say anything. As an American, he's not an American. He's Russian. As an American, and he like, speaks with a Southern American accent, even though he's Russian. But I, he is a super spy. So. I thought Ocelot was American, but he was working in Russia. Well, he is definitely a spy. Everyone yes. in the room when Volgan is raving about there being a spy is a spy. Yes. Uh, but let's say his mum was uh, the the Joy, okay, the boss, who yep. is an American, mm-hmm. first woman in space. Yep. Uh, and his dad is the Sorrow, who I think was Russian. Okay. So he's playing both sides with that Well, he's definitely playing both sides because he's Revolver Ocelot. He's always playing the game. The game... Of Silver Chariot Requiem by Hirohiko Araki. And that game goes a little something like this. Mozart began writing his Requiem when he got a commission from a mysterious visitor. Ooh, an arrow. Here, we have a pitch black messenger creating an image of death. The visitor's gender remains a mystery, so I gave the stand an androgynous fashion. Pretty sure it looks like a guy. It does. It really looks like a guy. Of course, concepts of what a guy looks like are just a social construct. Uh, I guess. This is a hazy ghost figure. So made of metal. Yep. Or like liquid ghost energy. He's a T-1000 with a cool hat. Yep. Thick thighs. Cool belt. And pauldrons. So of course, the two genders we can surmise are Silver Chariot and Silver Chariot Requiem. (laughs) (laughs) Just... We can surmise they are Silver Chariot and T-1000. Walks up to a couple. So which one of you gets body swapped into a turtle and which one of you turns into a mindless metal ghost? Uh, ooh, that, that is a good question. A Requiem, or Requiem Mass, uh-huh. also known as Mass for the Dead or Mass of the Dead, is a Catholic Mass offered for the repose of the soul or souls of one or more deceased persons. Mm-hmm. It is usually, but not necessarily, celebrated in the context of a funeral. Oh, Bruno's dead. And more... I'm Polnareff, almost definitely. Yes, that's what I was... Right, I get it Mm. now. Mm. Because he's not alive when he goes back. What? When he goes back into his original body, he'll be dead. Dead. Who's to say he'll ever do that? Ooh. That, actually, if he does, and I'm not saying either way whether he will, uh-huh. but if he does, that would be a real bad beat because it means that Coco Jumbo's soul has passed on, just leaving that lifeless husk of a turtle. I guess? Yeah? I mean, it's an interesting question because if his soul's passed on outside of Polnareff's body... Unless the act of the body swatch undoing bodily rips... Um, <laughs> Coco Jumbo's soul from from the hereafter it has been consigned to. God is like, welcome to heaven, Coco Jumbo. You did it. You led a led a sinless life. Oh, sorry. Back you go. No. Just let me die in peace. Man, that's dark. Yeah, that's dark shit. So yes, um, look, there's Chariot Requiem. Diavolo's body is lo- running right at it, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" But then Sticky Fingers rushes out of it, and everyone's like, "Yay, it's Bruno!" Bruno to be continued. And he does like a big punch move and chops off Chariot's arm to be continued. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. 
That's some good air. I really like the, um, I think it's, the, it must be like the Bruno theme or something, but it mm. kicks in when S- Sticky Fingers like lunges out of Diavolo's body. That's a really good moment. That's mm. my highlight. Highlights and lowlights. Nick? That's your highlight? Yeah. My highlight is without a doubt Polnareff being revealed as Coco Jumbo. Just literally talking as a turtle. Yep. Being like, oh, it hurts. What we don't realise is that Coco Jumbo could talk all along. He just chose not to. <laughs> That's why he has full vocal cords yeah. of a human. Low lights? Low lights. I know what my low oh, light is. Oh, I know what my low light is. Go on. Let's say our low lights on three. One, One two, two, three. three. The, the criminal in the police officer's the body talking about how I really want to rape out. that person. Oh, okay. Okay, let's do that again. With audio that wasn't unlistenable. What mine, was yours? mine was when they try to bring out... Little bomber, aka Aerosmith, and it's just a hole in the wall. And it's like, oh, does this mean we can't do it? No, no, it just means hell piped up. And it's like, okay, great. Nothing's come of that fact yet. Like, yeah, being super pepped. I guess that's they. Well, they all had a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> They're all well rested now, and that's about it. It's like, okay. Cool, they're all pepped up. If one yeah. could harness this power, you would still have to deal with the unfortunate body-swapping inconveniences, mm. but you could give yourself a convenient power-up. I guess. Is it but... possible to learn this power? Well, not from a Jedi. Oh, because they're not stand users? Precisely. Ah. What was your low light? My low light is just the cutaway back to the um, the criminal who's now in the cop's body being like, I had a had a really creepy dream about raping a female police officer. <laughs> Time to go do crimes. But, but that's, oh no. That's what bad men do. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick. What? Body swap shenanigans are in full effect. You know they are. Bruno Bucciarati, who, if you may recall, was on death's door, is now in Diavolo's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing attacks on Silver Chariot Requiem. The location of the souls of Doppio and Diavolo currently are unknown. Mm. What? Although um, the fact that souls seem to be going one-to-one seems to apply. At least one of them will be in Bruno Bucciarati's body. Yes. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Vinto Oreo in The Requiem Quietly Plays Part 2? Okay. 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 Bruno's in the boss's body. And he's attacking... Super Chariot Requiem. Yeah. So, there's a good chance the bodies could all go back. Bruno could go back to his body. The boss goes back to his body. But where's Doppio in all of this? Mm. That's what I want to know. Will Doppio come out of this with his own body and he can live his own stupid boy life? No. Okay. Definitely not. Will he die? Well, I mean, yeah. At the end of the series, sure. After all, he'll have no body to inhabit. Everybody dies. Exactly. Oh, no. (laughs) Um... Okay, so what I reckon... Is there a part three? Am I allowed to know if there's a part three? Of, of this? Yes. Um, I'm not going to answer, just because mm. I feel like the answer that I do give wouldn't actually be helpful in the way the story is going. Damn. It would lead you down a path that's not productive for predictions. Okay. I reckon... What I will tell you is that I'll remind you that as per the opening implied this week, and as I told you last week, we are in the end game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Bruno has to die, right? He has to die... Within this, like, arc. So, oh, he has to. Maybe will the boss reveal himself, kill Bruno and take his body back? No, I reckon what'll happen is, Bruno, in the boss's body, will kill Silver Chariot, or at least get the arrow out of him. Yep. The boss will then go back into his body and be now like... Now I have the arrow. Exactly. And be all like, well, well, well. Now I know there's something to do with this arrow, but I don't know what it is. Some sort of hidden, hidden wisdom. wisdom. Um, so something like that. 
Then he'll get hella pumped up and be all like, who was fool enough to attack me first? Why, Bruno, you betrayed me. You die now. And then the rest of them will do some crazy shit. Get the arrow somehow. Will we get a um, King Crimson power up? Oh, naturally. Naturally. From the arrow, I mean. Yes, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. He'll stop time and it'll be all like, wow. Now I'm basically the world. I'm basically incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll just be like crazy powerful time erasure. How many faces will King Crimson have when it gets its power up? I want to say eight, so he looks like a spider face. Cool. But I feel like it's just going to be the same King Crimson. Now, when you say eight faces, do you mean eight individual faces or do you mean like uh, eight divisions on the single face, which would, when you add them together, add up to one, one whole face? face. Um, I want to say eight individual faces because I'm not half-assing this. And follow-up question, those yes. eight individual faces, will they be like um, eight heads or will they be like, <laughs> you know how currently there's the one face on the forehead ah. of the other face? Will it be like four two faces? No, no, like... One face that keeps going within. <laughs> I'd be happy either Just way. Just like a horn of faces. A horn of faces. Like a like a unicorn crimson. Yeah. Um. I wanna f I wanna believe that it will be eight like spider eyes. Yeah, spider eye faces. Right. Each one of them with their own mouth and nose, and then just a big grin underneath. Creepy. Know? Yeah. Real bad. Real bad for our boys. Um. But the thing is. I don't know if it's going to be the boss uses the arrow or Jorno uses the arrow. Well, of course, arrow. in the opening, we see Jorno holding an arrow and then being surrounded by golden light. Yeah. But is that him in awe of the mm. boss? Hmm. Mm. Time will tell. Oh, okay. That's I, the route we're taking. Yes, but I think I think Jorno will be the one to use the arrow. Okay. But I don't know how his... Do you know what kind of power-up he'll get? So obviously he'll get a new fancy power. Polnareff has said that the one who masters the arrow will have the master the, the ability to control the world. And also he said, control everyone's minds. Now, he'll control Doppio's mind, ah. but not the boss's ah. mind. So then it'll be a battle of the minds, ah. maybe. Or maybe he'll just be like, I can't control your mind, but I can control... Your very existence, or some weird shit. Oh, like yeah. It'll basically get so OP that you'll be like, yeah, we're never bringing back this whole arrow stab stand thing ever again. It'll be like that level of OP. Can I tell you something, Nick? Does it come back? After part five, it never comes back. Yes! Oh my <laughs> god, I'm so happy. Okay, good. So it's going to be so OP. <laughs> it's going to be like ridiculously OP. Um... I, I'm just, I don't know if it's going to be the boss or Jorno, though. I, it could be the I don't know. I honestly don't know. But it's either going to be the boss or Jorno will be the next to stab. So, okay, well, I yep. suppose we'll find out. Yeah. Next time on JoJo's, JoJo's Bizarre World. World. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at JoJo's Podcast. If you would like to financially support us, being the sick fun times Patreon dudes that we are, you can support us at the JoJo's World Patreon page, patreon.com slash JoJo's World, or you can just give us five stars on iTunes. Yeah, baby. And if you don't use iTunes, whatever, whatever you the use. hell you're doing, just do it. Come on, give us those sweet likes. And until next time, to, to be, be continued. continued.